Welcome in to the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Shaw. It is 3 a.m. local time on a Friday here in New York City, and I am going to do a quick reaction to the Knicks 2021 NBA draft haul because we are going to be joined by Stacey Patton in about seven hours to go deeper, but I felt like you guys deserved something in your feed when you woke up. Some initial thoughts on what was a crazy, weird night with a lot of ups and downs for the New York Knicks. So all that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On Live NBA Draft Show. It actually already happened as you know because you're listening to it after the draft but go on to youtube check it out uh i popped on to talk about the knicks picks and i was joined by the people hosting the show uh nba draft coach chad ford locked on nba draft host Raphael barlow and locked on nba host john corrales it was brought to us by bill Barr. it was a whole lot of fun so go on youtube check out the locked on channel and check out that video. Once again, guys, I am Gavin Shaw, a resumed play-by-play broadcaster. I am not joined by my typical co-host, Alex Wolf, because he is at a bachelor party. So I will be solo for this one, and once again, we'll be recording a more in-depth draft breakdown in the morning with Stacey Patton, but I had I had a lot of thoughts I wanted to get off my chest before going to sleep. So let's get into it. All right. From the very beginning, this night took some some dark turns for the Knicks. Essentially, everyone they were targeting with pick 19 went earlier than expected. And the Knicks, despite many attempts to trade up, were not successful. They tried to get to 13 to potentially acquire Oregon's Chris Duarte. They also were very much into Corey Kispert, Trey Murphy the third and Trey Mann, all players who went just a couple of picks before the Knicks were up at 19. So the Knicks, in their infinite wisdom, not apparently not seeing anyone at 19 that they valued at that slot, decided to trade the pick to the Charlotte Hornets in return. They get a future first-round pick that is protected 1 through 18 next season, then 1 through 16 in 2023, 1 through 14 in 2024, and 1 through 14 in 2025. So depending on your perspective, the best case scenario from that trade is that they get the 19th pick next year, the 17th pick in 2023, or the 15th pick in 2024 or 2025. This move just reeks of lack of preparation for me. I don't know 
how else to say it? And look, I, I know the Knicks had their guys. They were really, really hoping Zaire Williams would have potentially fallen to 19. He ended up going 11 to Memphis. And yet, I, I can't help but feel that I, I, I can't really understand how the Knicks didn't anticipate this scenario, I guess is the best way to phrase this. The board essentially went chalk, not necessarily in terms of which players went to which teams, but in terms of the range for each player. We knew this going into the draft, right? Trey Murphy III wasn't really expected to get to the Knicks. Chris Duarte, who, who was another massive, massive riser, was never going to get to the Knicks. If he didn't go 13 to the Pacers, I'm pretty sure Golden State would have taken him at 14. If not, he would have been picked in either the Corey Kispert spot um, or the Trey Murphy the third spot. Now, you could certainly make an argument that the Knicks could have had a reasonable expectation that Trey Mann would have gotten to them at 19. Obviously, he was a guy Alex and I were into quite a bit, as you heard how we took him in the locked-on mock draft. And yet, he went a pick before. But there were still a number of guards in a similar mold. Uh, one guy I'd throw right off the bat, Bones Highland, a similar dynamic pull-up three-point shooter. And, and yet the Knicks, they they just didn't have anyone at 19 that they wanted with so much talent on the board. I don't know. It. I, I understand. I'm, I'm seeing post-draft now, right? A lot of people on Twitter. A, a lot of people I love and respect on Knicks Twitter, saying, hey guys, look at the final results here. The Knicks came away with Miles McBride, who a lot of people would have been fine with them taking at 19. They got him at 36. They got a, a great draft and stash guy whose name I'm about to completely and utterly butcher in Rokus Jakubitis. They got a good flyer on a rim runner in Jericho Sims. And they got potentially a much cheaper, younger Reggie Bullock replacement in Quentin Grimes. That's a pretty well-rounded draft. And yet, I'm going to defer to something our guy who, who will hopefully join us on the podcast sometime in the next few weeks, P.D. Webb, put out on Twitter. Um, he said he would give, I think, I'm, I'm, I'm going off of memory here, but he said he would give something like eight teams an F, just based off of process. The process was atrocious. If you're the Knicks, you have to have been able to predict a scenario before the draft where if you're if you're only looking at five guys, all five guys who could feasibly be drafted before your pick, then you need to have a trade prearranged that involves you picking up a meaningful asset for this season. Or if you are trading for a future pick, it has to be a pick that has a realistic chance in the very near future, of being higher than the pick you're trading away because you deserve to get something back for the immediacy of having the pick this year. That extra season with the prospect that you take, that's really important. It really matters. It's an extra year that he can contribute to winning for your team. It's an extra year that he can develop with your current core. If you're a GM, that's a pick that could potentially save your job. And yet the Knicks got caught with their pants down, and so they made a trade that doesn't really make any sense. And I didn't even mention the worst-case scenario. If it doesn't convert in those four seasons, it'll turn into two seconds. You should not trade a first-round pick that will not give you a guaranteed first-round pick back 
unless you're picking up some other asset that's not a draft pick, and the Knicks did not. So I was disgusted by that trade. We'll take our first break, and I'll get into why I was a little bit more optimistic on the rest of the Knicks night. Next, Unlocked on Knicks. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the computer orders the parts on their laptop? Choose the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You don't need that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer? They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So you go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, guys, with that, we are back on the Locked On Knicks podcast. I promised I would be more optimistic in segment number two, and I'll tell you why. It's because despite the gross mismanagement of assets that the Knicks performed tonight, particularly with that 19th pick and then trading back four spots and and picking up a pretty meaningless asset from the Los Angeles Clippers. The Knicks seemingly got their guys at the end of the day. And with the success of the Emmanuel quickly pick a year ago and the TBD on Obi Toppin, you can give the Knicks front office a little bit of, of leeway in this situation, which you didn't, you didn't have the the benefit of giving them the benefit of the doubt in the past. But I, I think we're at the point where that's not an unreasonable thing to do. And you look at these guys in a more optimistic light because of it. So let, let's let's go through each prospect, looking at them through a pretty optimistic light. Quentin Grimes, to me, optimistically, elevated, cheaper Reggie Bullock. The guy got off 15 three-pointers per 100 possessions. That was... This is off the top of the dome, but I'm I'm pretty sure, if not the best three-point rate in college basketball, one of the best three-point rates in college basketball. On top of that, he shot 40% from distance. He's a little bit bit of a hitch in his shot where, I I don't know, maybe some shooting coaches wouldn't call this a hitch, where it's a little bit of a, like, maybe a a one-and-a-half motion shot on the way up, and yet his release is very quick. It looks clean. It comes out from high. And, and you go and you watch his, his highlights from the NBA Combine game where he dropped 27 points. He, he gets it off with relative ease because he's six foot five, because he's a plus wingspan, and because, again, the motion itself is pretty quick. And, and Grimes is a guy with a fascinating background. He was a five-star coming out of high school. He won MVP of the U18 FIBA Americas tournament while leading Team USA to a gold medal. He was expected to go to Kansas and, and have sort of that Typical blue chipper one-and-done path where he has a great year. Kansas makes the Final Four. He ends up as a top-ten pick. And and yet, he he just simply wasn't good enough yet. So he transfers to Houston and, and embarks on a different trajectory where he was supposed to be this, this break-you-down, do-everything point guard. Ultimately, coming into the NBA, he's, he's a 3-and-D two guard. 
and he is potentially a pretty good version of that. And, and you, you look at, I mean, the guys that I was talking about in segment one that the Knicks missed out on, Trey Murphy the third, Chris Duarte, Corey Kispert, that was the mold of player that the Knicks wanted. And you can make the case that Grimes at 25, I think Duarte, look, Duarte is three years older. Right now, he has some some meaningful advantages over Grimes. If you were to tell me Grimes would, would make up those advantages in three years and surpass Duarte, I wouldn't call you crazy. He, he does some stuff in terms of passing, and in though, even though he doesn't have a great handle off the dribble, that are inaccessible to someone like Trey Murphy III, who granted is, is much taller, probably has an even cleaner shot, better athleticism around the rim. I get all that. But you can, you can make the case for Grimes. I think Grimes defensively is much more ready for the NBA than Corey Kispert. He's not the shooter Corey Kispert is, because Corey Kispert is probably the best shooter in this draft, um, at least at least from distance. And, and yet, Grimes' defensive advantage may, may be meaningful. So you, you can make a case that the Knicks got a 3 and D guy as good as anyone that went in the teens. And that that is reward in and of itself. And again, I, I really see him playing that Reggie Bullock-esque role. There are some definitive limitations there, which is why it's hard to get too excited about him. There, there's not there's not a high ceiling there, right? Because he's not, he, he despite what he was billed as coming out of high school, he's not really a break-you-down type guy. He needs he needs an advantage to get all the way to the rim. And, and unlike Emmanuel quickly taken a year ago at that same 25th slot, doesn't have... A great in-between game, at, le- at least to the best of my knowledge. Maybe maybe someone who watched a little bit more of, of, of Houston could correct me on that. But I I don't really see that. And, and he doesn't have quickly range, right? He's not, or, or even Bones Highland range, a guy a lot of people wanted to see the Knicks take at 25. He, he was just 30% on, on three-pointers from 25 feet and beyond. So he's, he's not that mega deep shooter that the Knicks could have gotten with Trey Mann if he had fallen one more pick. So that's that's sort of the downside of Quentin Grimes. The Knicks' second pick in this draft was a little bit of a surprise because I, I don't know. Even though, even though we knew they didn't want to bring in, they certainly didn't want to bring in four rookies. Well, hold on. Let's, let's get to the trade first. So the Knicks have the 32nd pick and... You hear in the moment that they they traded away, and in my mind, I was just I was about to boil over with rage. I'm like, oh no, not again! They're they've completely they they, they somehow managed to only get one pick in, in the in the top 35 in this draft when they came into the night with 19, 20, and 32. And yet, it ended up being a pretty prudent deal. It, it was almost the the inverse of what the Knicks had done earlier in the night where they took advantage of a team with a surplus of picks, where earlier they were the team with a surplus of picks being taken advantage of. Um, and Oklahoma City said, yeah, man, we, we got a million picks. We can't even roster all these guys. Just just give us give us 32. We'll give you 34 and 36. And the Knicks said, sure, great deal. Um, and they were able to leverage that first at 34 by getting a talented young European guard Again, uh, apologies to to all on the pronunciation. It is, at least in my mind, Rokis Jokubaitis, who is a 20-year-old out of Lithuania and one of the better prospects in Europe. He finished second in the EuroLeague Rising Star voting behind um, Usman Garuba, 
who who went about 11 picks ahead of him. Um, he also won the EuroLeague Players Association Best Young Player. Um, and over the course of 74 games this year, averaged seven and a half points, three and a half assists, shot 47% from the field, 35% from three, and 72% from the foul line. The, the comparison that will uh, hype you up a little bit um, from ESPN's Mike Schmitz. I, I really like hearing this. He compared him to Goran Dragic. I agree with Sam Vecini of the Athletics Information. Shout out to Sam Vecini. I'm using his draft guide to get a lot of this information. It is probably the most comprehensive set of scouting reports I've seen this year on the draft. So shout out to Sam. Great guy. I'd love to get him on the show. Anywho, um, he he notes that our, our guy, Joku Baitis, uh, again, apologies on the pronunciation, probably not quite as shifty or or the athlete that prime Goran Dragic was, but possesses a lot of the same qualities at six foot five can make, or six foot four, excuse me, can make a lot of passes over the top. Great, great vision, high level reads at, again, a professional level that is a, a much more competitive environment than the vast majority of Division One basketball. Um, he's held up just fine in international play uh, on the Lithuanian team, shooting the three ball well, really, really good around the rim, 61% at the basket, has nice size, nice strength. In, in Europe, doesn't look out of place defensively. In America, that could potentially be an issue because he doesn't have the quickest feet in the world, but certainly not someone who's going to get bullied physically. He just has, has a lot, a lot of strength. And also hit 39% of his threes off the catch. Or excuse me, 39% of his shots off the catch, but the majority of those were three-pointers. He has a, has a really clean-looking shot. Has a nice mid-range game, too. Just elevates, and, and is, the shot doesn't always look the cleanest, but he's really good touch. He's one of those guys who you would describe as a quote-unquote shot maker. I, I Watching his highlights, again, just, just an initial dive. I, I'd like to go in. Over the summer, watch some full games. Um, he looks like a player and someone who could really help the Knicks down the road and someone who will have a substantial NBA career as, as probably a backup point guard. But at just 20 years old, there's still a chance that he turns into more than that. And the Knicks will have a chance to watch his development from afar as he is going to be a draft and stash guy, probably playing for a European superpower such as Barcelona or CSKA Moscow a year from now. So the real prize of this draft for the Knicks, that would be West Virginia's Miles McBride, who they took at pick 36. And we will talk about him right after the break. I know you guys love a tease. All right, so if you're going to bet on Miles McBride's success, the best place to do it would be bet online. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. 
All right, guys, third and final segment. We are back on Locked on Knicks, and it's time to talk the best pick of the night for the New York Knicks. Pretty easily, in my mind, the best pick of the night for the New York Knicks, and that is Miles Deuce McBride. Super duper excited that the Knicks were able to get him. A favorite of our guy, Stacey Patton, who's coming on tomorrow. A favorite of our guy, Prez, who was on last week. An absolutely vicious defender. At only six foot two, he has a six foot seven wingspan, played quarterback and defensive back in high school. But the guy is every cliche you want to apply a winner, a, a leader, a great locker room guy, and, and just an absolute take no prisoners defensive player. You can watch him off ball, you can watch him on ball. He locks, he trails. He has fantastic mobility. I think the way Prez described it, have you guys ever gone on either those roller coasters, or I think it maybe is something that's more associated with bumper cars, but where the car is on a track and it just makes these extraordinarily, just impossibly sharp turns that you could only make if there were guardrails around you. That's how McBride moves with no restrictions defensively. It's line to line. Um, perfect speed, perfect precision, very little wasted motion, great efficiency. And, and that, that technical ability combined with the wingspan, the, the quick hands, the attitude, he's a joy to watch. He had a play. You can, you can go check out his highlights. We just flat out pick Kate Cunningham's pocket in, in the uh, Big 12 basketball tournament game. And then offensively, I mean, he's, he's no slouch. He, he was 27 of 56 from three. I, I like the volume he got to in his pull-up game, which showed a lot of confidence, even though he, he didn't really have great uh, efficiency in terms of his pull-ups. He, he took more of them than all but seven players in college basketball. Again, great Sam Vecini stat there. Average right under five assists per game with a three-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Forces the issue in transition, which could be perceived as a positive or a negative. I, I kind of like it, especially because that's not something the Knicks really have in their backcourt right now. Anyone who applies rib pressure from the guard spot outside of R.J. Barrett, he needs to get better around the rim. He is good posting up, at least in the college level. I, I really doubt in the NBA, except in very specific matchups, that's a big part of his game. But in terms of actually just driving to the basket, he has a nice handle. He has really good speed. But uh, according to Sam, is more of a two-foot leaper now. That's something that you see on tape, and it leads to some awkward finishes. And because he's not a great athlete, he can't really compensate for that. But I expect that craft to come with time. He just seems like the type of dude following in Quickly's footsteps who will absolutely put the work in, if nothing else. So I'm... I'm thrilled with Miles McBride. Apparently a guy that Tom Thibodeau really, really, really fought for, and you can see why. I mean, a quintessential Tibbs guard. Not in that he's a great defender. We've long established that's not specifically what Tibbs is looking for, but more so in that he is an absolute bulldog. Um, I think he is what Tibbs dreamed that Alfred Payton was and, and never actually was in reality. So that's great news for us. Final pick for the Knicks, Jericho Sims, who I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling Mini Mitch, right? Because he's he, he possesses a lot of the same qualities, just not nearly as big at six foot ten, two hundred forty five pounds, but it is flat out one of the best athletes in this draft. 
He comes into the NBA relatively old at 22, but had injuries that sort of mucked up his second and third seasons at Texas. And his first year, he was playing behind future top 10 pick and uh, a song sensation, Mo Bamba. But then his senior year really came out, and I don't want to, he didn't have a great year. The, The Texas team had a lot of mouths to feed, but put it all together was one of the best defenders in the Big 12, and that was that was really all about his rim protection. Um, didn't have insane block numbers, but just altered a lot of shots. Um, as Vecini points out, he, he was really good in terms of his verticality and taking hits into his chest. Um, not necessarily someone, I mean, like Mitch, you're going to have out locking up point guards on the perimeter, but not a total liability away from the rim too. I mean, he is pretty decent feed, fluid athlete, um, a guy who, who certainly will not look lost in, in a variety of schemes in the NBA. Another similarity to Mitchell Robinson, he led all of college basketball and shooting percentage at the rim at 80.4%. Um, Vassini points out is that really, really easy jumper in, in, in terms of his ability to get off the ground. And everything I read and watch with him is, is again, he just, he seems like, like Mitch Jr. I know I'm, I'm sorry, I keep repeating myself, but I don't, I don't really know another way to, to phrase it. He, he brings a lot of those same qualities. I mean, look, he was the 58th pick. It, it's certainly not a definite that he will actually make the roster. I could see him starting off in Westchester, if nothing else this year. But there are worse options if the Knicks don't end up with New Orleans Noel. That's that weren't that's essentially what they were going with from Noel. Can you protect the rim? Can you rim run? That's all Tibbs really wants from his centers, assuming he doesn't have a star at that position. And I think Sims can give you a bit of that in in a pinch. So in that sense, at fifty eight, when you're just taking a flyer on a guy, darn good pick. Let, let, let's see if it turns out. But but nothing to lose there. Um, and maybe maybe a little bit of latent upside given just how limited his role was in his four years at Texas, but we will see. All right, that will do it for this edition of the Locked on Knicks podcast. Again, this was just to wet the palate on the draft talk. We'll be back with Stacey Patton and a number of other guests in the upcoming weeks to talk more about the draft. One final reminder, if you missed it, you can find the Locked on NBA Draft Show on YouTube. I was on there, and all of our hosts were on. And I, I think it's a pretty cool thing that we, with me playing a very small part in it, accomplished as a network. Um, getting a, a, some studio time and broadcasting over the course of a few hours. A, and I think it showed off the, the strength of our network, and it's that we have, we have those local experts in, in every single City and you can you can watch the ESPN broadcast and you're not you're not really getting that you're you're getting great perspective on each prospect but you're not really figuring out how they fit into team specific contexts and our show brought that to you in a way that I don't think any other network or organization could match so if you want to relive the draft if, if you missed it live uh, it would be a great opportunity to go back and watch the live locked on NBA draft until next time Gavin Shaw peace. Out.